Hey fam, it is Phoenix Kalita doing a little recording for the uh, sex worker rights podcast that we do, I do. Still don't have a name for it. Drop me suggestions on Twitter. You can always follow me at Twitter at at uppity negress with two P's, two T's, and two S's in the name. Or just look up Phoenix Kalita. You can find me. All right. So the goal of this podcast was to um, just have a short podcast, maybe somewhere like uh, 10 to 20 minutes, and just cover news involving sex workers because it's not a hot topic. Typically, sex workers don't get a lot of good coverage um, or a lot of coverage at all, really. And then the coverage that does happen is usually pretty shit. So um, I just wanted to go through a couple stories real quick with y'all. Of this is what's going on in the sex worker world. Um, all right. We're going to start with Brooklyn. Uh, the DA there is actually advocating decriminalization of sex work. That's kind of exciting. Um, definitely is a good thing. <coughs> Excuse me. So here we go. Uh, Brooklyn District Attorney Erica Gonzalez voiced his support for the decriminalization of sex work on April 4th during a wide-ranging discussion with elected officials, advocates, and members of Lambda Independent Independent Democrats of Brooklyn. Uh, apparently their acronym is LID. LID. All right. The, quote, decriminalizing queerness event was hosted by LID and primarily focused on sex work, but also touched upon marijuana legalization, housing rights, and other issues facing marginalized groups. Um, additionally featured, uh, oh, and also, uh-huh, additionally featured was uh, Julia Salazar and Zelnor Myrie, who are Brooklyn state senators, as well as advocates. Oh, this sentence is written weird. Okay, so there was... The Brooklyn District Attorney, Eric Gonzalez, there was Julia Salazar, who's a state senator, Zelnor Myrie, who's a state senator, and then advocates who have also been sex workers. Let me just say it that way, because this sentence structure is weird. All right. Uh, Gonzalez says, in response to a question from an audience member uh, at the First Unitarian Congregational Society in Brooklyn Heights, he said, I believe in decriminalization. All right. Gonzalez went on to explain his office currently utilizes a process that entails enrolling sex workers in services and directing them to complete a series of steps before his office dismisses the cases altogether. That's, I fucking hate that shit. People are really hailing that shit as like, it's so revolutionary. Oh, it's so amazing. Like, you just have to go to classes and you don't get a criminal record. It's like, it's still, you shouldn't have to go to fucking classes. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Fucking patronizing ass bullshit. Um, however, Gonzalez notably left the door open to further improvements in the way his office handle those case, handles those cases. Gonzalez's clear support for decriminalization <coughs> comes just weeks after he unveiled his Justice 2020 plan geared toward reducing incarceration. The Brooklyn Eagle quoted Gonzalez's spokesperson in March as saying the DA, quote, expressed willingness to take a fresh look at loitering enforcement and would be open to further discussions about the issue. Yes, please do so. The decriminalization movement has gained steam in New York with Salazar and her colleagues in the state legislature, including Manhattan Assemblymember Richard Gottfried and Queens State Senator Jessica Ramos and out gay State Senator Brad Hoyleman have worked with Decrim NY to push legalization aimed at eradicating the criminalization of sex workers. Salazar told Gay City News that her office has seen overwhelming support for decriminalization, particularly from transgender sex workers and advocates. Um, She said in a quote, what's beautiful about this new decriminalization effort is that it's being led by LGBTQ people, many of whom are trans women. Jared Jared, uh, Trujillo and Jessica Raven, who have been sex workers before um, and are advocates in, (coughs) excuse me, 
and our advocates in the decriminalization movement discussed the discussed issues in a panel alongside Salazar. With Gonzalez watching intently from the crowd, the trio articulated reasons why they believe sex work must be decriminalized in order to protect sex workers and that there are loopholes that need to be addressed. Just a side note, Jessica Raven's awesome. Y'all should follow her on Twitter if you don't. Um, as a, among the variety of topics covered, Trujillo and Raven cited existing legal barriers based on age. Raven noted that federal law labels sex workers under the age of 18 as sex trafficking victims, despite uh, that the overwhelming majority of those people don't have a trafficker. Right? Thank you. That's the thing. You're inherently called a trafficking victim even if you don't have a pimp. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you're still liable to be arrested anyway. So, you know, look at all the cases where um, people should be considered traffic victims because they're underage. And then, you know, they kill a bad client and then end up in prison, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where did I leave off here? Uh, Raven, all yeah, so, they're, so they don't have a trafficker. And Trujillo added that there are cases of people who are 21 or above unfairly prosecuted for helping provide shelter to those who are under 18. Which is another huge fucking factor, right? I don't think people realize how, like, shitty and vague laws around sex work are in a lot of places. So, if you didn't know, let me break it down a little bit. If you help a sex worker, you can basically be charged with things like pimping or pandering or um, promoting prostitution, things like that. So, and it's, like, wild because a lot of these things are, like, basic humanitarian shit, right? So, like, maybe, you know, because let's say so, a lot of queer kids, a lot of trans kids and whatnot get put out of their homes for their sexuality, right, or for their presentation. So, what? So, some little nigga's, like, 16 years old, homeless, living on the streets, right? Now, you know, I don't know if y'all know I'm from Chicago. If you paid attention at all to our weather <laughs> this last fucking winter, it was fucking wild, Okay. It was like negative 45 degrees. Like you could throw boiling water outside and it was evaporating as soon as it touched the air. It was so cold. Negative 45 degrees. But if you fucking pay for this little homeless trans kid to get a fucking hotel room so they don't have to be outside in that, or if you let them sleep on your couch or whatever, you are aiding and abetting, <laughs> basically, right? Like it's fucking what? Like what the fuck are you supposed to do? Let them fucking be on the streets and like die of hypothermia? Like what? You know, it's like the way these laws are written is fucking horrible. But it's the same type of shit. Like... Um, you know, same, you know, take the same, uh, underage trans kid or, you know, they don't even have to be underage. They can just be a sex worker and it still happen, right? Someone asks you, oh, I have to go see a client. Can you drive me to this, to this job? Or, oh, I just got done with a client and I don't want to, you know, wait for public transportation or I don't have, um, you know, like cab fare or whatever. Can you come pick me up? Right? That kind of shit gets people arrested and accused of like pimping, even though it's like, you're not pimping, you're helping someone by giving them a ride. So things that would be completely legal in any other context that they weren't a sex worker, you know? And I think that's something that people, like, don't know because then they hear things like, oh, you know, a p you know, pimps and these traffickers and whatnot. And then you see somebody has, like, a pimping charge. You have, you know, this, like, perception about them. Like, what the fuck? Like, did you, you know, go fucking kidnap a bunch of 12-year-old girls and, you know, rape them and get them addicted to drugs and, you know, make them, you know, go work on the streets? And it's like... There's a lot of people who have charges like that because they help sex workers or because they're friends with sex workers or because they live with sex workers, right? Because that's also a crime too. If you, technically speaking, if you're living with a sex worker and the sex worker is contributing to the household in any way, you're living off the proceeds of prostitution, 
ugh, right? So like if your partner's a sex worker and they pay part of the rent or they, you know, buy the groceries or they pay the utility bills, you're promoting prostitution, right? You're living off the proceeds of it. So like a lot of these laws are like super, super shitty. And I think a lot of people just don't know that. So if you didn't know, now you know. Hmm. All right. Um... The shared message, I'm back to the article now. The shared message among panelists was that overcriminalization, stigmatization, and lack of resources for workers in the industry creates an unstable and unsafe work environment. And all three panelists pointed out how transgender and gender nonconforming people are disproportionately affected. Across the city of New York, 94% of those arrested for loitering for the purposes of prostitution are black. Wow, how totally weird and not racist, because apparently 94% of sex workers are black women, cis and trans. Yeah, sure, seems that seems right, doesn't it? What? Jesus fucking Christ, that's racist as shit. Um, Salazar also noted that there's a startling, that's a startling number, and it speaks to the racial profiling and gender ba- gender-based discrimination as well that goes into these arrests, because police are fucking racist. Uh, The panelists also stress that those who trade sex voluntarily and those who are coerced into the industry should have equal opportunity to access resources. Um, Raven said uh, a great deal of funds, however, are dedicated to (laughs) anti-trafficking ad campaigns in hotels. Yeah, but there is no discussion or investment into what happens next after you spotted a trafficking victim, she said. There's just not enough resources. Which, I know, I keep harping on the whole fucking, um, with like the fucking anti-trafficking campaigns with like how to spot someone who's being trafficked it is wild okay and i've talked about it on twitter and some people have actually dm'd me and um some people tweeted at me and some of the things that people who have been through these trainings are saying like one person said that um they were told a red flag is a black man being with a white woman right so like if you check into a hotel and you're a black man and you're the person you're checking in there with is white that is a red flag for trafficking like what the shit you know and a lot of other things that are just really fucking like basic ass like bullshit to you know where it's like are they making eye contact with you are they chatty with you and it's like what if they are just not talkative what if they're a fucking introvert what if they're tired what if they just want to get their fucking room and go to bed like you know what i mean a lot of these things are very vague and open to personal interpretation so it's like you know how uh, this is enabling people who work in the service hospitality industry to basically let their personal biases come out to a certain extent and i think that that's like not necessarily something people think about you know with these campaigns because all they hear is like oh you know end trafficking and it's like okay yeah i mean end trafficking but you know maybe not just call the police on random black people because you're a fucking racist and you have some internal prejudices about black people, you know, because and, and also like with, you know, regards to women in society, a lot of these um, red flags are essentially forcing women to behave a certain way. Right. And I don't think that that's discussed enough. Right. So it's like if the person isn't chatty enough with you, which, of course, feeds into the idea women have to be nice and sociable, you know, or they have to make a certain amount of eye contact with you. So people who are non um, so people who are neurodivergent can, you know, get caught up with that one, you know, but a lot of it is um, do I like what this woman is wearing? Do I like her tone to me? Do I think she's talking enough to me? Do I think she's making enough eye contact with me? Is she behaving the way I perceive a woman should behave? If she's not, then all of a sudden there's this fucking red flag for trafficking and you're calling police to harass her 
right? And maybe get her arrested. And it's like, that's not helping, right? And even if she was being trafficked, getting arrested isn't fucking helping, right? A fucking prison record isn't helping, you know? But I I think that that's something that's really not discussed enough when it comes to these fucking um, spot trafficking campaigns is a lot of them are really fucking archaic and patriarchal and are demanding women behave a certain way in public in order to be seen as good women as opposed to whores, you know? And it's just fucking, I, I fucking hate it. I fucking hate these fucking campaigns. But all right, let me get back to this article. Uh, Gonzalez chimed in during the panelist Q&A session, first extending an invitation for these advocates to visit his office and further discuss the issue. Yes, more of this, please. He then asked what his office should do in the future to help sex trafficking victims who were coerced in the industry. Trujillo, who is an attorney who represents sex workers, said in response that there is an important, to, ooh, an important discussion to be had over which laws are enforced and raised concerns that Brooklyn has been lagging behind other boroughs in the way it polices sex work. He said, quote, one of the reasons I choose to practice in Manhattan and do not want to practice in Brooklyn is because your office is a lot better for a lot of people. However, one of the areas where Brooklyn does fail compared to even Queens and Manhattan is prosecuting for purpose of prostitution. He added that far too many sex workers end up in unsafe situations out of fear of prosecution and do not feel comfortable turning to police or others for help. As after the event was over, Gonzalez further elaborated on the topic uh, in an interview with Gay City News. He said, quote, what I heard today has me thinking that the way we are dealing with trafficking cases is not effective. If people are afraid they're going to get arrested, maybe something outside the justice system is better. I'm open to that. Yes, something outside the justice system, please. That does not involve fucking cops who are fucking rapists. That doesn't involve judges who are assholes. That doesn't involve prosecutors just trying to get their fucking conviction rates up and harass sex workers. Yes, all those things. Um, Gonzalez, like many other speakers, drew comparisons to marijuana legalization and the way it's policied. He especially pointed to the fact that there is no longer a drawn out process for many drug cases. He said, quote, we don't send them to Rikers and we don't make them plead guilty to get services. I'm open to dealing with this the same way. Yeah, you should deal with that the same way. Um, he also said, see, this is nice. This is, this is promising. He also said many of the people who get arrested for sex work are from the transgender community. So I really need to hear more from that community. That is actually sounds fucking promising. And I really hope that New York does go ahead with the decrim. And then that can sort of like create a framework for the rest of the country and other cities can follow suit. It would be awesome if Chicago did it. They're not going to because fucking Tom Dart is a dick, but (laughs) let a girl dream, right? (laughs) All right. Um, I'm going to do, let's see, I'm at 14 minutes. I'm going to do one more super duper quick, I think. Um, this one is not so much good news, but it is, of course, important to note. So, um, this is in Las Vegas. A man is accused of impersonating an officer and, uh, assaulting a sex, sexually assaulting a sex worker. So... A 34-year-old man impersonated a police officer when he picked up a sex worker. I hate the word prostitute when non-sex workers use it. uh, This month, threatening to arrest the woman if she did not have sex with him, according to the arrest report. So that's rape. Uh, Erlen Lloyd Clark was arrested April 6th by the Metropolitan Police Department two days after the alleged assault on charges of impersonating a public officer, sexual assault, first-degree kidnapping, and robbery. Uh, he remained jailed Monday at the Clark County Detention Center on $150,000 bail, according to court records. Shortly after 3.20 a.m. on April 4th, a woman was walking out of a gas station near Boulder, in Boulder Highway in East St. Louis Avenue at the same time a man was pulling into the parking lot in a silver Jeep. 
The woman said she eventually got into the car after the two agreed on a price for sex, according to the arrest report. The man then drove west on St. Louis to a different location, and as he was parking the car, told the woman he was an undercover officer, but assured her that she wasn't going to jail if she just listened to him. That is a fucking terrifying-ass moment, man. Like, you're in some guy's car, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm a cop, but you won't get hurt if you just listen to me. Fuck. The woman told police she followed his commands because she had no reason to believe the man would lie about being an officer and that he, quote, continued to talk to her as if he was a police officer uh, throughout the encounter. During the assault, which occurred just outside the Jeep, the woman said she focused on the license plate to distract herself. She memorized the plate number, which eventually led detectives to Clark, according to the report. As the woman got dressed inside the car after the assault, the man took $100 from her and photographed her driver's license. God, this guy's a fucking creep. Uh, He then drove the woman to a different location and told her to get out. She called 911 after he left. Two days later, police arrested Clark in the 1100 block of South Rainbow Boulevard, not far from a home address linked to the Jeep's license plate, according to the report. In an interview following the arrest, Clark acknowledged having sex with the woman, but, quote, denied he ever threatened her and that he ever made himself out to be a police officer. Nigga, you lying. Um, when I asked that this is the detective statement, when I asked him if there was ever a conversation about him being a cop, he told me she talked about it, but when she did, he ignored it and didn't say anything. Well, nigga, why the fuck would she be asking you about you being a cop or talking about you being a cop unless you told her you were a fucking cop? Why the fuck would she keep bringing that up for no fucking reason? That doesn't even make sense. Like you're not even fucking trying with your lies. Arrogant ass motherfucker. Um, at Clark's, or after Clark's arrest, the woman picked him out of a lineup, said, I'm 100% sure this is the guy. His prelimin- preliminary hearing is set for April 23rd in Las Vegas Justice Court. So, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, this is the inherent danger of sex work, especially when you are an outdoor or street-based sex worker. You know, you don't have, um, uh, all the safeguards you need to stay safe. And of course, remember, because of SESTA-FOSTA, many more sex workers have had to go to doing outdoor work. And, you know, I'm very glad that this person, you know, this particular sex worker came forward and, um, you know, like went to police because a lot of people would be scared to go to police because you might get arrested yourself for admitting that you were, you know, going to engage in sex work. You might, you know, uh, invite police harassment by going to police, you know, by reporting. So I'm like really happy that this person, um, you know, felt comfortable enough doing it and did so. But, you know, a lot more people could come forward if you know, sex work wasn't criminalized. So just, you know, something to keep in mind as always. I know I have my talking points. I know. (laughs) All right. But, um, I said that these things weren't going to last more than like 20 minutes. I'm at 18 minutes right now. So let me check out of here. If you like what we do, you can always hit us up on patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund, or you can hit us up at paypal.me slash Phoenix and William. And of course, Um, if you have any sex worker news that you think should be covered or stories that you want covered, you can always tweet me and let me know if you want me to cover something. You can get me at Twitter, uh, at Uppity Negris, which is spelled with two P's, two T's, and two S's, or you can just look up Phoenix Kalita. You can find me on Twitter that way as well. All right. I am out of here. Have a wonderful day. Try to stay safe and, uh, catch y'all later.